Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Thanks so much, Ali. Awesome. Yeah, we have a ton, ton to talk about. I don't think there was a crazier week of comebacks in recent history. You had the Arizona Cardinals come back in overtime to defeat the Raiders, which I had the Cardinals plus five and a half. So I was very happy about that. You had the Miami Dolphins come back from a 21 point deficit to defeat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. And that was another one where I had Miami plus three and a half. So I was very happy about that. Robert, I mean, what were your thoughts real quick about this weekend of play? You know, it was just really crazy. I'd like to hear your your take. In, in general, I, I still don't think that we really know like half of these franchises. I mean, you, you probably have general concepts as to where they're probably set, you know, from an offensive standpoint. Like, when's the last time you heard a team loses their starting quarterback and the following Monday – their odds get shorter to win the Super Bowl. That, that's right. exactly what just happened an hour ago with San Francisco 49ers here. Um, there's there's so much that we're going to be able to cover. And, and, I mean, look, this is great. I mean, this, this NFL season's got more intrigue and drama than House of the Dragon. I mean, come on. <laughs> I am not a Game of Thrones fan. I couldn't get into it, but that's a different story for another day. <laughs> but now that you mentioned it, let's just get right into that. And that is the Seahawks and the Niners. Jimmy G obviously is the Niners starting quarterback now. Unfortunately, Trey Lance, he went down with a season-ending fracture in his, I believe it was his right ankle, but it was one of his ankles. And I'm not going to use this episode to bash Trey Lance. Our listeners know how I feel. I haven't been high on the kid. I just think he didn't have enough college experience. I think he was drafted way too high. I don't think Jimmy G did anything to get demoted. But that's a story for another day. I'm not going to reflect on an injury. But now that Jimmy G is the starter, Robert, let's let's put it this way. When Jimmy G came into the game yesterday, and obviously I was watching NFL Red Zone, it was live. There was a there was just a sense in the crowd of optimism. I hate to say it again with Trey Lance going out, but it just felt like this is their quarterback. Any qualms they had about missing the playoffs, whether Trey Lance is going to develop into the guy they want him to be just seem to be squashed. Like Jimmy G is back. He's our quarterback. We're going to win this game. Is that the same take you kind of felt? Yeah. I mean, their, their team dynamic, the Niners, their, their team dynamic, it, it's completely flipped now. I mean, Garoppolo was good early, uh, you know, but then, you know, they, they kind of had like some output that went short in the second half. So, you know, I, I didn't really see them reach the expectation that I thought they would. And it was low. Because, again, you're not expecting to see Garoppolo playing at all. Uh, you know, so really my question is, you know, how much of this was just, you know, lack of time with the starting team? Uh, end of the day, you know, they're, you know, 27-7 victors. Uh, they won the yardage, uh, 373 to 216 yards. Seattle's just so bad, right? I mean, the – Seahawks only touchdown came on a blocked field goal return. So it's basically a shot out by San Francisco's defense alley. The Seahawks are terrible. And that was the only reason I took the Seahawks to cover because in my spread, my leagues, even though it closed at eight and a half, I think it was up to 10, 10 by game time, if I'm not mistaken. But there was just something in me that I was like, I can't trust Trey Lance. I can't lay more than a touchdown with Trey Lance as a quarterback. Then the minute Jimmy G came in and it was only a few minutes into the game, I was like, well, Seahawks are going to get blown out. Like It was just, it was just, that was like my first reaction. Like I'm going to lose this this pick that I have and for me I do think that Jimmy G was a little rusty he didn't really have first team reps coming into the game I think give him another week to practice with the first team again he'll get back right on chemistry with them he does have a good chemistry with his receivers I know it was very windy there so they employed a big emphasis on the run game but for me Robert especially when we've seen the Rams struggle not only in their game versus the Bills but they almost blew a 28 to 3 lead against the Falcons yesterday and we'll get to that later on but for me I think you got to make the case that the Niners could be the team to beat in the NFC West what do you think yeah, you know, again, it's just so funny as I'm I'm pouring over the future pools right now. I did. I I lowered I lowered the Niners to win the NFC and I lowered them to win the Super Bowl just off of that. And it's look, we know now what you know the franchise is going to have to do. We know that it's going to be Garoppolo for the rest of the season. 
we know what he did with them last year. They were, you know, playoff contenders. Uh, so a very, I mean, it was a quiet performance, you know, for him, you know, while building and then protecting the lead. You know, uh, the Niners are now one and one. I, I think that if I just look at the way they were going to roll out with Trey Lance, I already had him, uh, you know, close to double. I did actually, uh, during our season win total breakdown, I did have him actually a double digit. So I definitely have him at double digit wins now. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's too bad, you know, Trey Lance is going to have to, you could see that his, his development was like way, way like low. It really right. wasn't where we wanted it to be going into the season. Now, you know, he's not going to be game ready next season. Uh, so it's just going to take that much more time to see exactly what he's capable of from, uh, from his potential. I, I just think that, you know, right now it's San Francisco's playoff bound. It's going to create, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but Robert, if Jimmy G gets the Niners back into the playoff, if he gets them to, let's just even say the NFC championship game again, this guy's a free agent at the end of the season. He's going to want a multi-year deal. What are the Niners going to do in that situation? Is this just we're seeing a beautiful disaster unfold among us? Yeah, that's a great, great point. Uh, they're going to have quite a bit of decision making to do. It's um, you know in the in the off season because again, it's they, they've drafted their quarterback of the future. It's just that their future is going to have to begin in twenty twenty three. Now that's all. Um, some teams going to definitely spend right. any amount to get Garoppolo if he takes them to the playoffs and heck to the NFC Championship game. I mean, it's it's going to happen without a doubt. And so, uh, how about the Colts? <laughs> I guess we'll get there later. <laughs> yeah, the Colts are another story, but I don't want to spend too much time on the Niners. I will say, I I you know, I don't want to bash Trey Lance again, but I do think the Niners are back to being legitimate contenders. I think it opens so many more possibilities for them with Debo Samuel, with Brandon Ayuk. Yes, Jimmy G isn't the runner that Trey Lance is, but I don't think anyone could do that QB one-yard sneak better than J Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Tom Brady, who we learned it from. Right. The Niners, we talked a few episodes ago how Kyle Shanahan, he's something like 7-28 or 9-28, I forget the number off the top of my head, without Jimmy G as a starting quarterback. They just got another win yesterday with Jimmy G as a starting quarterback a week after they lost without Jimmy G after their starting quarterback. I think that at some point the Niners are going to have to come to a decision about Jimmy G and say, listen, we did this guy wrong. Maybe he's not Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he's not Aaron Rodgers, but he got us to two NFC championships in the past three years, one Super Bowl appearance. So this is the guy you got to rely on. And I don't see, even if Trey Lance gets ready for next season, you need, you're you still going to have a team that's in contention. That, that's not going away. This team's not rebuilding anytime soon. So the Niners are going to have a tough decision to make. Again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but it was nice to see Jimmy G come back on the field because he is a good guy. And I think he really deserved that. He really got a nice standing ovation at one point from what I remember. So it was good, and the game really much was just a snooze fest, like you said. The, the the Seahawks really just took advantage of a blocked field goal. And otherwise, I think – I mean, real quick, Robert, before we move on, is Geno Smith going to get benched for Drew Locke anytime soon? What do you think? Well, look, his, his against the spread uh, um, miraculous statistical anomaly of being 9-0 going back to 2014, you know, that one we could put to bed. So, I mean, look – He's Geno Smith wasn't expected to be uh, a starter for Seattle. He wasn't expecting to take him into the playoffs. Really, more importantly, Seattle's in a rebuild. So we don't even know if Drew Locke is actually going to be their, their main guy. But they've got to start giving him reps. Uh, and I believe it's going to probably start, uh, if not in week three, uh, certainly before the bye week, that's for sure. I agree. And I forgot to mention at the top of the hour this week so far in my pick'em leagues, I'm tied for first in both of them. I did good again. I went 10 for 10, 10 and four against the spread. I made a last minute change yesterday morning to take the Jets plus six and a half. And I literally was throwing stuff at the TV for about three and a half quarters until they had that miraculous comeback. I had also switched my pick to take the Texans to cover against the Denver Broncos because I saw the injury report that came out and I just felt that the Texans were the right sides. 
So that benefited me. So that's why just to emphasize once again to our listeners, wait till the day of to make your bets, make your picks because injuries do matter. And same thing with the Browns. I saw Jay Conklin was out for the Browns and that kind of, I already wasn't feeling great about the Browns pick. There was just something weird about that game. And I'm glad I took it. I, I'm glad I changed it. So we will move on to one of probably, I think one of the most exciting games in recent history, regular season wise. And that was the Dolphins and the Ravens. And again, for our, our for our office internal betting, I had the I had the Dolphins plus three and a half in a parlay. And that was the last one I needed. That was the one that looked like it wasn't going to hit. And somehow Tua leads the team. They're down 21 points. They go to win 42 to 38 in Baltimore. So, Robert, what are your thoughts real quick on this game? I mean, what, what do you say here? Uh, uh, neither defense showed up. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I try and, and poke uh, poke holes in the franchises before I, I give them the accolades. So, you know, Baltimore was uh, 8.8 yards per play to 7.9 for Miami, who won despite a minus two turnover margin, right? So the Dolphins scored the touchdowns on five, on their final four drives, all of them uh, 60 yards plus, uh, while the Ravens offense just disappeared. Um, this one's tough to grade this week. I'm going to really struggle putting up power rankings for week three uh, because I, I just, again, I, at the top of the hour, I said I'm really not quite sure who these teams are just yet. Uh, this is two that I'm, I'm really going to have to – leave for the very end uh you know the amount of yardage that they put up was pretty remarkable but of course that's all relevant to their score uh red zone touchdown percentage um you know 100 percent uh you know for miami baltimore did very well with themselves two of three uh those two turnovers honestly i mean look this would have been uh Pago Bailoa's coming out game if not for those two picks uh, but I still think it might be. I still think this is the greatest game of his very, very young career. Um, Ravens, well, uh, outside of Lamar Jackson, they only had 36 rushing yards, Allie. Um, what are we going to be doing here with these two teams? Yeah, and everyone knows I was not high in the Dolphins before the season. I just, even though with the Tyreek Hill acquisition, I never was a Tua fan. He, I'll give him every single credit he deserves this past Sunday because throwing for six touchdowns, 469 yards, that was remarkable. And the minute he threw his second interceptions and they were down big, I was like, this is, this is, this is why I shouldn't have trusted Tua. This is why. And he just, he really looked unnerved. I will say one thing, and it's one of the reasons why I did take the Dolphins plus three and a half. The Ravens were dealing with some serious injuries in their secondary. Before the game, I know Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, they were both questionable. They ended up playing, but, you know, you have to wonder how much really that did affect their play. You also had Kyle Fuller, who was placed on IR earlier in the week. So I do think that, there, like you said, there is a lot we still have to discover about the teams. But are we putting the Dolphins in as a serious contender for the playoffs, Robert, now? Yeah, we, we have to. We have to. Um, this... I, their offense is absolutely telling me yes. Um, but again, I, I think that we're going to need to see some some answers <laughs> from the defense uh, before I make them championship caliber. But playoffs, I would say yes, Allie. Yeah, I agree. It's hard. It's hard to deny that. And I will say one thing before we do move on to another team. I mean, Robert, we know J.K. Dobbins was out for the Ravens, too. But where are you ranking the Ravens? I mean, we know Lamar is great, but has he played up, do you think, in these two games? I know it's a small sample against the Jets and the Dolphins, but has he played up to that contract he wants yet, do you think? Lamar Jackson definitely has. Uh, just think about who his replacement would be. Uh, if there wasn't a Lamar Jackson quarterbacking for the Baltimore Ravens, I don't see this franchise uh, even breaking five. Forget about playoffs. I don't see them breaking 500. He's he's done everything for him ever since he got drafted by Baltimore, and I think that without him, Baltimore doesn't make the playoffs. And I I struggle to think that they even break five hundred alley. So, I agree. I agree with you hundred yeah. percent on that. I mean, they always just, always just pay the man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, what what free agent are you going to get? I think anyone, if you look at the free agency class this year, if you're going to pick between Jimmy G and Lamar. I love Jimmy G, but Lamar is the more talented guy. I know Jimmy G has the playoff credentials, 
but that's like comparing apples and oranges to these guys. So I'm with you, Lamar Jackson, pay the man. You saw last year when you were in contention and then you went 0-6 after Lamar Jackson got injured. This is this is their franchise guy. You got to pay him. So let's move on quick to the other exciting game of the day, Cardinals and Raiders. Cardinals just looked like a complete shit show for the majority of the game and then somehow came back and won. Robert, what's your take on this game? This is so weird. And just from a betting perspective, we had a ton of support for Las Vegas early last week. Uh, and then we had a ton of buyback on Arizona, bringing it down to uh, some fives. Heck, there were even some four and a halves. Uh, you know, the game was pretty evenly split, you know, 5.3 yards per play for each of them. Uh, no one really turned the ball over this time, which was a big plus for Las Vegas. Um, and uh, they were popping champagne in the end zone uh, up uh, 23 to 7 with just 12 to play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Didn't really work out too well. Arizona had one more red zone score, uh, you know, but the Raiders benefited on two fourth down uh, defensive turnovers. I think. You know, I still think I'm selling the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, I, I 100% agree with you on I, that one. I'm not sold on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I think the Raiders lost this game more than the Cardinals won. You even look at that overtime. Hunter Renfro fumbled twice on right? what should have been a game-winning drive. Yeah. yeah. Devontae Adams caught two passes for 12 yards. How does that happen? How is that your number one? off-season acquisition, and he totals 12 yards in a game. It just completely baffles me. And I know he was targeted seven times, but still, it just seems like the Raiders keep shooting themselves in the foot year by year. I don't think Derek Carr, I've said it once, I'll say it again, I don't think he's the quarterback for them. He's not going to lead them into a deep playoff run. I think that they do need to make a quarterback change in the offseason. Love Derek Carr. I think he's a great stand-up guy. He's not the franchise guy. What else do you think? Is is Derek Carr the reason they're not winning these games, Robert, or is it a bigger issue? I, I mean, look, if you're up 20 to nothing, you got, you've got to win that game. You have to win that game. And you're at home. And you're at home. You're, you're at home, right? And so at the very end, Arizona won yardage. You got out rushed at home. Uh, you know, the, the red zone, obviously, you know, well, they, they, they landed twice. The Raiders did when they got in the red zone. So uh, two touchdowns on four attempts. Um, they did well on third down. I'm, I'm trying to find some pluses here. Uh, you know, Arizona won, you know, you saw the fumble return touchdown in overtime. It's just, Allie, I, I do not know what to make of Las Vegas at this point. I just don't. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. I mean, I was in high on the Raiders coming into the season I thought they were going to be the worst team in the AFC West which I actually as of today even though they are owned too I don't think they are the worst team in the AFC West based on the two games that we saw we'll get to the Broncos a little later but it just seems like the Raiders just do something every game last week it was Derek Carr's three interceptions that's why they couldn't beat the Chargers yesterday it was just a total collapse in the fourth quarter and I don't even want to give the Arizona Cardinals any credit I mean, when you let Kyler Murray scramble for 20 seconds before running in for a two-point conversion or a touchdown, like they, Robert, they were just letting Kyler Murray run all over the place. I think one of the commenters said in that one scramble for 20 seconds, he ran like 87 yards just to get a two-point conversion <laughs> or a touchdown. I don't understand. It looked like it. we were watching Madden 2023. It was just, he just had all the time in the world. The defense halfway into that play was already gassed trying to catch up with him. And then it was just a matter of waiting it out and then saying, okay, this is my path. I'll just go ahead and cut the angle here on the defense. Uh, got past the edge rusher. And once, you know, he made, you know, made it into the secondary, I'm like, okay, this, this is going in. I can't believe that they're actually going to get this two-point conversion like this. But he did. He got it. Yeah, and he really didn't have that impressive of a throwing game. I mean, he needed 49. He was 31 for 49, 277 yards, and a touchdown in overtime. He didn't have a great day. I think before halftime, he only had 54 yards through the air. I know we still don't have DeAndre Hopkins, but that was my point when we were talking about Arizona's over and under. This team is not the same. Kyler Murray is not the same quarterback without DeAndre Hopkins. 
And he did have some reinforcements back this game. They did have Rondell Moore, I believe he played. They had still Zach Ertz. You had Marquise Brown. And for some reason, correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, but I think the Cardinals are already regretting taking out that film study clause that they had in Kyler Murray's contract. I mean, what do you think? (laughs) He's he's making chicken salad out of chicken shit. At least that's what happened against the Raiders. (laughs) That's true. That's a good way to put it. But it does look like he comes into the game unprepared and he just relies on his feet too much. And now that he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, he really looks just like a lost quarterback at times. And I know when he was coming into the league, that was a lot of criticism about him is he doesn't do the film work. He doesn't do the study. He really just relies on his pure talent and not really knowing the, knowing the mechanisms of the game. So I still think I'm not impressed with Arizona's win. That's why I didn't rank it as my best comeback. I think it was more of a collapse for the Las Vegas Raiders, and they just did everything wrong. I actually think the 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 Baltimore Ravens did put on a fight against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are just a, an amazing offensive team that you put up 42 points. They still put up 38, the Ravens offense, so you do got to give them credit. But, again, I don't want to spend too much time on this game because – Again, it was just a crazy, you know, the afternoon games, Robert, they were pretty boring until the last five minutes and seriously every single game. So sometimes you just have to wait to the end for the action. Yeah. So let's go to the other game where you did have to wait for the end for all the action. And that was the Bengals and the Cowboys. This one, I was, I don't want to say I was completely shocked It was a seven and a half spread entering. I did take the Bengals minus seven and a half. There was something weird about the spread. I thought it might've crawled up a little higher, but it it looked like sharp money was coming in on the Cowboys. Was that the case, Robert? Yeah, that's exactly what was happening. It just, uh, you know, with the the point spread being where it landed, it landed on that seven. And uh, I mean, this didn't make sense. Uh, You know, Cincinnati, the Bengals are now 0-2 despite being favored by seven in both games. Yeah, I I had an uneasy feeling before the game. I didn't want to change my pick because there was no way I was just going to back Cooper Rush against the defending AFC champions. Maybe if the Bengals won the previous week, I would have given the Cowboys a little more thought because I'm sure that the spread would have been much higher. But I didn't see Jer Burrow coming in and just having – just an offensive – I don't even want to say collapse. They just didn't show up. He threw for 199 yards. But even that, that wasn't what surprised me the most. What surprised me the most is he got sacked six times. And this is after they made the offseason where they signed in free agency. They signed Lael Collins. They signed Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. This offensive line was supposed to be new, pristine, and completely upgraded. He wasn't supposed to lead the league in sacks again. What did you see about this game? We got we've got problems in Cincinnati. I mean, Ali, here's another ten plus point first half deficit for the Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati had three point eight yards per play in that game. Burrow's struggling, and this offense, Ali, they've condensed it. This playbook is not what we right. saw last right. year. Uh, I mean, the long play all game for the Bengals was 19 yards. Dallas, I mean, look, Dallas has excuses, right? They were restricted too. Right. Uh, it, it's as I just look at what things that jumped out to me was just it, the game flow and the stats that we pour over afterwards. Uh, I think the markets overreacted to the loss of Prescott. Now, look, Rush is definitely a downgrade. Let's right understand that. He's not helpless. No, I mean, people forget he did make a start last year. I believe it was against the Vikings, and he did win in his lone start last year. So maybe I was overreacting a little bit. But then again, I just didn't see the Bengals having that bad of a showing. I really didn't. And it wasn't just Joe Burrow and the receivers. Mixon only rushed for, I believe, 54 yards or 57 yards, something like that. He didn't look on his game. This just looked like a listless offense. And then even when they came back and they tied it at 17, I thought at least when they got the ball, I believe there was a little over two minutes left. 
I was like, at least they're going to, they're going to win the game. They're going to pick a field goal. And they were three and out that, that was just, I don't even know their strategy for that. What were you seeing? I was seeing the exact same thing. And again, it's just, it's a playbook that's been dumbed down. uh, And I, I don't, all the weapons that they have, this just the one that really, really was a head scratcher. Um, Very, very few had Dallas money line. I could tell you that that's for sure. Um, and, you know, looking ahead, uh, you know, right now we need to see how, how does Cincinnati, <laughs> how do they make this into the Meadowlands? Now they're playing the Jets right. in Jersey. Uh, and, uh, well, I installed them as a four and a half point favorite. We'll see where that ends up by the end of the week. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's it's 0-2, but, you know, there's, there's still going to be four and a half points to favorite. Um, one would think that they are going to have some real adjustments, you know, start to show what they put this team together for. I mean, yeah, Ali, we're talking about their offensive line. Burrow's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, that that's crazy. And I, I'm not too worried about this upcoming week against the Jets. I think the Jets had their quote-unquote Super Bowl win. That's one of the reasons I also changed my pick to them at the end. I still read a lot of New York media because you both know we're from there. And – for me, we heard Robert Sala all week saying he's going to be collecting receipts. I just felt like he was going to get his team hyped some way. The Browns really aren't a team to be hyping themselves up about with with Jacoby Brissett there. So I can't say I was completely surprised. I actually will give my dad credit. He he took the he took the Jets money line yesterday, and I thought he was crazy. I said, "Well, I'll take the six and a half. I won't take the money line." But I give him credit for that. But what worries me about the Bengals is after the Jets, because we talked about it when we were previewing the season, when we were doing their over-unders. They got a tough schedule coming up after the Jets. They have the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Saints. Those are all three tough games. I know the Saints lost yesterday, but they're still one of the better teams. Sure, then they face the Falcons and the Browns, but they do have a tough schedule in the second half of the year. They'll have to play the Bucks. They'll have to play the Bills. They'll have to play the Chiefs. So this is what worries me if they can't it, – it, well, it worries me yet it doesn't that they're getting their bad games out at the beginning of the year, and then maybe it'll come around when they have the tough teams. But, Robert, I mean, if they can't get their shit together, this is going to be one of the more disappointing teams. And, hey, maybe we it, maybe it's not so crazy to say we're going to see the Browns win that division if the Ravens continue to struggle, if the Bengals continue to struggle – Sean Watson's back in week 11. What do you think about that? It's madness, but I think you're right. I mean, if I'm looking ahead uh, at, you know, what their potential strength of schedule is versus point spreads the rest of the year, and it's already, you know, peered in week three, they're going to be a four-point favorite at the Jets. Um, Right now, Miami in week four, hosting Miami, maybe three, they'll be the favorite. On the road, there'll be a dog in Baltimore. There'll be a pick them probably at New Orleans. Week seven, Atlanta, you got to be a double-digit favorite there, maybe 10. Oof. Week eight at Cleveland, I could see them losing that. I could see them being a yep. dog there. And then week nine before the bye, they'll host Carolina. They'll probably be a touchdown favorite there. This is not the expected arc that uh, really many people had for the Bengals. But again, if they don't give Burrow the time, uh, you know, to you know go through his repetitions like he did last year, he's he's, he's not. They're going to have to condense the book, and that's exactly what happened against Dallas. Shame, too bad. Uh, now it's you know hurry up and 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 try and get yourself back up. And with more and more injuries mounting, this is just going to really really wreak havoc with our offensive line, Alley. Too bad. Yeah. I agree. And before we get into Dallas being for real, we'll we'll talk about who Dallas is facing next Monday night. And that is our Giants. We I did want to highlight this game because of my biasy, but we are two and oh, we're one of the few two and oh teams in the league. And I know people still don't think we were good. It was an ugly win yesterday. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. We should have been up 14 nothing in the first quarter. We were up six nothing. And when we were only up six nothing, I literally called everyone who also is a Giants fan in my phone book, which is a lot of people. And said we're gonna lose this game. We couldn't get a touchdown. So Robert, what in our giant before I go into my tangent, what what about this Giants game did you see? Yeah, you know, the game was really weird. Sunday morning when I turned on the lights, 
just an ocean of money came in on the Panthers. It was all, all sharp money. And I was like, this just doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't understand it. You had all week to peruse into this number. And it was the Giants. We opened up the Giants literally seven days ago, two and a half points to favorite. Got that bet down to two. And I'm like, okay, that looks like where it's going to sit. And then Sunday morning, it gets down to one. Then pick. Then Carolina, a one-point favorite. It got up to one and a half in some places. So a ton of late, sharp support. I, I mean, Allie, this was kind of ugly for both teams, you know? It, yeah. It's a lopsided box score. Carolina actually outplayed them, 5.1 yards to 3.8. Right. Carolina's offensive line just couldn't hold up against the Giants without their two edge rushers and then Williams in the second half. Yeah, and I was actually very impressed with the Giants' defense because after Leonard Williams went down, I was like, we're already missing Thibodeau. We're already missing Aziz. Like, we're, we're not going to be able to stop him. We we opened up the third quarter. I believe it was a three and out. Baker then led the team down the field. They went up 13-6. And I honestly, Robert, thought the game was over at that point. I was yeah. like, we're not coming back. We look listless. Daniel Jones just... He can't get the the deep passes. He's just settling for these three, four-yard passes. And a lot of that was the game plan because the Carolina Panthers, they do have an underrated defense. They have a very good secondary. But then when Jones led the team down the field and they tied up at 13, it, it's it's almost very Eli Manning-esque where you get so frustrated in him. And then he does something that you're like, okay, this is the guy that I know and love. And then again, at the end of the game, when – they had the ball and he iced the game by on the third and six. He ran for 11 yards. It was like, okay, this is what I want to see. I don't want to see the Daniel Jones that almost threw his pick six before halftime. And he had no business throwing that ball. So, you know, in, through two games, what is your assessment with Daniel Jones? I, I think it's look, somehow we're, we're looking at two and oh, they can't take that away. It's right, hard. exactly. Not sizzling, Allie. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was, you know, very surprised. I was, uh, you know, couldn't knock the smile off my face as a as a Giants fan when they won the game in Tennessee. That was just an absolute grinder. Yep. Uh, this one, same thing. It's just, you know, it's just an ugly, ugly game. Well, this is our team. This is how we win. It's always ugly. Do we ever win Super Bowl, TV? <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> just kind of felt like the game was just kind of smeared through a bunch of mud. I mean, Carolina was one for four in the red zone. Baker Mayfield was just, you know, way, way under expectation. And I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, uh, I want to go as far as calling him a bust just yet. It's just, I think, I don't know. Maybe it's just Matt Rule. Maybe it's, maybe it's the franchise. I don't know what it is with Carolina. But I, I do know that, you know, the, the Giants just find this way, you know, and now, I mean, heck, we could be looking at 3-0. We could be looking at 4-0 for the Giants now. <laughs> I was just going to get into that. We play Dallas. Next. What are we looking at the odds so far right now, Robert? All right. So, yeah, it's uh, their three-point favorite hosting Dallas. Uh, after that, you know, I could probably see them, you know, probably a field goal favorite hosting Chicago. Uh, then the neutral field London game against Green Bay, they'll probably catch a touchdown from the Packers, uh, catch at least a field goal hosting Baltimore. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, or no, right? You could probably not at the very least, just based off of point spreads. Listen. I, I really like our chances against Dallas next week. I do think that they had their feel-good win with Cooper Rush. I think we do come out. If there's one thing I'm going to say about my New York Giants, bias aside, and I know it's been two ugly wins, one, like you said, a grind fest, another one just really just throw up, throw whatever against the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> I still see improvement. We are going to get better on defense. Like I said, we're going to get our two edge rushers back, hopefully this week. I think Kayvon Thibodeau, he, even though he was listed as doubtful, he said he felt confident he was going to play. I think he definitely plays in week three. When you look at the offense, I don't even know what Kenny Galladay is on the team anymore. I really don't even know if they have him, him in in the game plan at all. But I will say Jones didn't have an inter, didn't have an interception or a fumble yesterday. That is a positive thing to look at. That he's really only had one one interception all year. I know it's only been two games, but he didn't give the ball away. I still have faith this guy can improve. Is he the franchise quarterback? I don't think so at all. I, I think if anything, maybe we place the franchise tag on him at the end of the season. 
he'll have to, he still has a lot of work to do to even earn that franchise tag. But I do see Sparks, like I said, when he completed that deep pass to Sterling, uh, not Sterling Shepard, Richie James at one point before the Daniel Bellinger f- touch uh, touchdown. He is showing some signs of improvement under Brian DeBall's offense. The offensive line is still not good. Despite drafting Evan Neal, despite with the offseason signings of Glowinski, Feliciano, there's still not a great offensive line because he is getting pressured a lot. But I do see improvement. And I think the best way a quarterback can improve, correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, but is confidence. And Daniel Jones is 2-0 and now. He could be 3-0 and next week. He could be 4-0 and after the Bears in week four. Do you see improvement like I'm seeing? I do. Uh, and I actually think that it's just getting more and more comfortable with the targets that he has. You know, maybe it's, I was like, why can't we have like a true – you know, wide receiver one, but maybe we do. Maybe maybe it is Tony. I I just want to see you know more consistency. And you're right. I mean, I, I thought that Galladay was going to be so so much better. What a waste uh, of that was. Waste another Gettleman prize. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Explains that. Yeah, but yeah, no. Richie James came out of out of nowhere. He had a really nice game. I still think they do need to use Tony a lot more because I think the kid has a ton of talent. And this was a game, we just glossed over it real quick, where Saquon Barkley did not have a good game. He had a few nice runs toward the end of the game, but he was pretty much absent the entire game. So I do give Daniel Jones credit for for coming back when they had to. But before we we talk more about the Giants, because I know, again, I could devote a whole podcast and a half to want to talk about the Giants. But let's reflect on the Panthers real quick because I really had a lot of faith in the Panthers coming into this season. I really love the Baker Mayfield signing. I've always been a fan of Baker. I, I gave them the benefit of doubt after they lost last week and that, you know what, it was his first game. There was probably a few butterflies. He did seem to settle in in the second half. But yesterday, again, it just looked like he was just struggling. And I was even at one point going to wonder if they were going to bring in Sam Darnold in. Matt Rule is probably, his hot seat's probably burning at this point. <laughs> I definitely think he's going to be the first coach fired. The Panthers, Robert, are in a lot of trouble. Let's just look at the schedule coming up. They got to host the Saints this weekend, which I still think the Saints beat them, but that might be close. Then they have the Cardinals, who say what you want about the Cardinals, but I do think they're better than the Panthers. But then you have a three-game stretch of the 49ers, the Rams, and the Bucks. Robert, if this team is potentially, what, 0-7 to start the year, I mean, heads have to roll, right? Yeah, no doubt. 0-7. Allie, I got news for you. I, I've got them as dogs in almost all of these games going all the way up to week 10. They could be 0-9. Well. Uh, you know, week, yeah, I'm looking at dog, dog here, dog there. Tampa plus six, um, maybe a pick them at Atlanta, but I think Atlanta is probably going to be a point favorite. Uh, then when they host Atlanta in week 10, maybe that's where we could give them uh, the favorite denotation. And then you got to go, oh boy, this is, this is going to get ugly right now. I have them as a favorite in two games the rest of this year. Oh boy. Yeah. Cause like you said, you know, it, after the, that Falcons game, it, it gets ugly. Again, Ravens, Broncos, maybe they beat the Seahawks, maybe Steelers. They're not going to beat the Lions. They're not going to beat the Bucks again. They're not going to beat the Saints in New Orleans. Maybe they do if it's the last game and it's meaningless. But I must say, I totally whiffed on this team. I thought they would be a lot better. I think I think Baker doesn't have a starting job next year. What about you, Robert? I, I think that their offensive line is hot garbage. Well, that too. And if you bring in Sam Donald, he's going to get just smoked. So it got to fix that. And they didn't address it. They thought they had what they needed. They said, uh, look at McCaffrey. Hey, look look at this way. Don't worry about that fire in that room. Yeah, right. healthy. What difference does it make? Scored 16 points against it's it's not a Super Bowl caliber defense, you know. You know, it's just it wasn't yesterday, that's for sure. Uh, but they just simply they, they could do nothing in the red zone. It was just ugly, ugly out. 
Yeah, it really is. And again, I don't want to go far and calling him Mayfield the best because we know his potential. He could turn around and he is playing for a starting job because there's no way that if he fails this year, Carolina signs him to a long term, especially since they drafted Matt Corral, even though he's out for the season. They're not going to invest with a guy that looks to be, I hate to say it, but damaged goods. So I feel for Baker. They're going to have to find a way to get some wins. I think if they do go into New Orleans and win this weekend, that'll be a nice feel-good win. I think that New Orleans has some question marks following their loss to the Bucs. That was a crazy game. But let's move on. Uh, and instead of – I thought this week instead of dissecting every game because it can get a little too tedious, we do a little section of hot takes. So, Robert, let's look at this past weekend with the new quarterbacks. We saw Russell Wilson struggle against the Houston Texans. I can say between struggling against the Seattle Seahawks and the Houston Texans, those are two of the worst teams in the league. And if you manage to put up a measly 16 points in each game, I I just, I don't know what this offense is. You look at Matt Ryan and in that game against Jacksonville, Matt Ryan just looked old. I don't think there's any, uh, someone said on Twitter, which I thought was funny, Matt Ryan looks what 45-year-old Tom Brady should look like. <laughs> That's awesome. I and I agree. I mean, he, he <laughs> three interceptions. He just he looked lost on that field. And then Carson Wentz, he did get the commanders back in the game against the Lions. He did have three touchdowns. He did have, a, I believe, a bad interception. But Wentz obviously isn't going to be the game changer for the commanders. So between these three new quarterbacks on new teams, Robert, and I guess you could throw Baker Mayfield in the situation. So we'll we'll do four. Which has been the biggest disappointment? Um, so I would qualify that by saying who also has playoff, if not right championship caliber uh, aspirations. So I'll, I'll I'll forget about Baker Mayfield for a moment. Carson Wentz. Um, no, I'm not disappointed by him. He's actually, actually going above my expectations just a little, uh, but it's, it is Washington. Uh, I don't think this is Russell Wilson's fault. The results, I think this is Hackett. He's, he, I, he, he literally could be winning in spite of what's happening with his decisions. So it just doesn't, it just, I, I don't know. We, I mean, look, we know what Russell Wilson's capable of. We haven't seen that for eight quarters yet. So I, I put that strictly on the offensive coordinator in Denver. So I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Uh, he's just, I mean, maybe he, I honestly think they just did look seemingly helpless over seven quarters and the overtime for, for the Colts. Um. It's 164 passing yards today, uh, yesterday rather. It, to me, biggest disappointment, it's going to be Matt Ryan. If Russell Wilson had lost yesterday's game, I would have said Russell Wilson by a thousand percent. I mean, Robert, he was booed in Denver, his first game playing in Denver. <laughs> that couldn't, and we, we actually heard coming into the season some chatter that People in the den teammates in the Denver clubhouse weren't really big fans of Russell Wilson. They thought he carried too much of a head on his shoulders. They thought he was better. He thought he was better than who he was. And I hate to say it, but Russell Wilson, I always thought was a little more overrated than people than people said he was. I really think that his his in his early years he had a great defense with Seattle. He was in the right position. I really just never saw him as a game changer. And even though coming into this year, I thought he could be a favorite for the MVP, definitely comeback player of the year. I thought that he would have Denver definitely in the wild card contention. I look at him playing with Denver the first two games, and it's just listless. It's lethargic. He doesn't have any chemistry with any of his receivers. I don't know if that's a fault, too, about how he performed in training camp. Nathaniel Hackett as head coach looks like he doesn't even belong as a head coach with some of the decisions he's made in two games. So since they won yesterday, I'm not going to say Russell Wilson is the biggest disappointment yet, but I will agree with you with Matt Ryan, because again, you don't lose to the Houston Texans. And even if you lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday, I know that Michael Pittman was out. So I was giving him a little more of a benefit of a doubt. And that's why the Jaguars covering was one of my favorite picks, but 
you don't get shut out by Jacksonville. I think that was Jacksonville's first shutout since like 2017 when they were the quote unquote Saxonville with Jalen Ramsey and all. So for me, Matt Ryan, he went to an Indianapolis team that really was one win. One win last year would have got them in the playoffs. And now in two games against two bad teams, they don't have any wins. So Robert, what are we seeing? If Matt Ryan continues to struggle, what is Indy going to do with him? <laughs> they brought him in to win a Super Bowl rally. Oh man. This isn't gonna be this isn't going to be uh let's let's just go ahead and just keep trotting him out because we have our QB one. No, 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 no. Um they're they're gonna have to to me, I think the Colts are the biggest disappointment so far of the year. Yeah. Uh, massive, massive differential, 24 point differential after two weeks. I think that it's gonna be a very, very long season if they don't fix this. Now, look, I think also that the Colts were dealing with a bunch of injuries, all, all, all sides of the ball. Right. But he got shut out in Jacksonville. It's not what I expected. Even if you don't have, um, you know, Pittman, you know, you found out you don't, you don't have Pittman basically the morning of. It just didn't didn't make any sense at all. You know, you're you're supposed to win this game, even if you just go ahead and scratch out the victory and then just hightail at home. But you got tied in week one, you got shut out in Jacksonville in week two. You gave you gave Trevor Lawrence possibly his best performance as a pro ever. Yeah. So I'm I'm going with Matt Ryan. Um, I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, they definitely made Trevor Lawrence look you know, better than average. And he didn't even have like an explosive game. I thought he had a nice completion percentage. I think he only had five or six incompletions or something like that, but they didn't make Trevor Lawrence look like he belonged to be a number one draft pick, which was probably the first time anyone did that to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So let's move on to some surprises. We'll move on to nice notes. And I started out by putting this as biggest surprise two and O teams. And Robert, I hate to say it, but when I actually looked at the 2-0 and teams that are there right now, you got Miami Dolphins. I can't say I'm totally surprised that they're 2-0. and Then you got the Chiefs. Can't say I'm surprised they're 2-0. and And then the Bucks again, can't say I'm surprised they're 2-0. Before, before you know, the, Buc- the Bills still haven't played. The Eagles haven't played. The Vikings haven't played. They play tonight. But besides the Bucks, Robert, right now, the only other team that's 2-0 and in the NFC Conference is the New York Giants. Are they just the biggest surprise so far to start the year? Yes, yes, they are. Go ahead. I'm going to let you wear all this one. I'm just going to march right on behind you, Ali. There's no no doubt about it. I didn't see the, the Giants, uh, you know, being so high up on, on uh, you know, those power ranks as, as many people are going to want to shoot them up to the very, very top. It has to be New York. Yeah, and I know it's two ugly losses, two ugly losses. I'll I'll emphasize that. I'm not using my bias. They were two ugly losses. But again, this team is an improving team. They they are missing several key defensive guys. The fact that they have two two wins, Robert, and their secondary is a full of a bunch of names that outside of people that are diehard fans like me, no one knows these guys. Maybe they know Dory Jackson, but they don't know Darnay Holmes. They don't know some of these other guys in the secondary. And they have just stepped it up. Say what you want about the New York Giants offense, but their defense has looked awesome the first two games. And again, their offense is improving. This team, if when the Bengals started the way they did last year, there was a lot of whispers at the beginning of the season. Well, you know, they just had a few good games. They just had a few good games. Then they wound up in the Super Bowl. Not saying the Giants are going to wind up in the Super Bowl. But again, they have the right head coach in place. They have the right mindset. Saquon Barkley is going to have better games than he had yesterday. Daniel Jones, again, you put some confidence in him. He might start to be the franchise guy that we wanted to look at. The defense still going to get better. I don't think there's any question. The Giants are the biggest surprise team, even on some of the teams that are one and one. This has been a nice story. I know as a long-suffering New York Giants fan, I can't recall the last time I was just happy in week two. <laughs> or like not even just, oh yeah, we're one and one. I don't even know the last time we were one and one to start the year. So this has been a really nice ride. And again, I know my listeners are telling are telling us, okay, we heard enough Giants talk. So I will move on. And let's move on to now the biggest O2 disappointment. 
Robert, right now to start the year for biggest O2 disappointment, we got the Bengals, we got the Raiders, we got the Panthers. Those are teams that come to mind when I think of teams that we did have expectations for, and now they're 0-2. Who do you think is the biggest disappointment so far that started the year 0-2? Yeah, I, I have to say you know, there's obvious, you know, the obvious usual suspects. Atlanta's just been bad, really bad. Um, you know, Carolina, we just, you know, touched on them in the opposite. You know, obviously, if it's the uh, biggest surprise is New York, the biggest disappointment is the team they trounced on, uh, you know, despite really, you know, the game being sloppy. But I, I wanted to go ahead and point out some of the interesting things here, right? You need yards, right? This is the game about yards. Here's some here's some really interesting stats. Offenses that, that have gained 275 yards or fewer this week. Carolina had 275. The Giants, 265. So they had less yards than Carolina and still ended up winning. Atlanta had 261. Tampa had 260. The Bengals, 254. The Steelers, 243. And then it goes Houston, Chicago, Colts, and the Seahawks with 216 yards of total offense. Doing it twice this year, though, is Carolina, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Seattle. So, uh, to me, even though Seattle did pick up that win in in uh, week number one, um, I actually thought that they were going to be bad, but not this bad. So, they're actually disappointing me even more than the very low standards that I gave them. And now, definitely... Um, the Colts, who are minus 24 in differential after two weeks, uh, those are my two that really stand out even more than some of the 0-2 teams, Allie. Yeah, I thought about the Bengals, but I do understand there is a Super Bowl hangover aspect to it. I'll agree with you on the Colts right there. This is a team that everyone said, who else Who else could win the AFC East besides the Colts? They total, Everyone totally just disregarded the Titans, even though they were the number one seed last year in the AFC no one gave any thought to the Texans who tied the Colts. No one gave any thought to the Jacksonville Jaguars who just beat the Colts. It's the Colts. It, it, you know, say what you want. This was a team that literally thought they were a quarterback away from a Super Bowl. They got Matt Ryan. Everyone thought Matt Ryan could be a comeback player of the year. I even mentioned it. Who knows? He could be a dark horse MVP. And like I said, the guy just looks old and lost. And I don't, I think this morning, the Indianapolis Colts. I think that their clubhouse is so down, so pessimistic right now. It's going to be hard to really get that good feeling. Jonathan Taylor, fantasy owners are probably just pulling their hair out <laughs> of their head that they wasted a number one pick with him. So it's definitely the Colts. And I hope I for, for Matt Ryan's sake, because I always been a Matt Ryan fan. I still feel bad for him, sort of, because he lost me. I bet my money line bet on the Falcons when they lost the Super Bowl. But I do feel the feel for the guy. I do want to see him succeed. So hopefully they can turn it around. So now that we've got some hot takes, we have about 10 minutes left, Robert. So let's play a little game of buy or sell. So I'm going to be the dealer. I want you to know if you buy or sell what I'm going to say. So we'll start with this one. Are you buying or selling that the Cowboys will be over 500 with Cooper Rush as their quarterback? I, I, I love this segment. <laughs> I love buy or sell. Okay. Uh, Cooper Rush, uh, over 500 with Cooper Rush. No, 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 no. I'm selling. Uh, Bengals were not a true test. And that offensive line is completely woeful. So sell. Yeah, I'll agree with that one. I think they got their feel good win. Like I said, I'm very, I shouldn't say very confident, but I have good faith that my Giants will beat them next week. And I think that the Cooper Rush fans are going to be silenced pretty quickly. So let's move on to the next one. So Robert, buy or sell. The the San Francisco 49ers will win the NFC West with Jimmy G as their quarterback. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Um, I'm buying. Give it to me. I'll take it. I'm not happy with what I saw from the Rams. Uh, yes, they did pick up a win, but they got absolutely just run a rough shot in that fourth quarter against the Falcons team that I don't think is going to win four games this year. Uh, and if they were able to just, I, I look, say what you will. Yeah. They got a big lead, but you can't let a Falcons team come back that close uh, and actually have a chance at a possible win 
so with the Niners now much improved uh, with a very steady Jimmy Garoppolo, I am buying the Niners yeah. winning the NFC West. I agree with you. I'm buying this one at well as well. The Rams, they don't look like a Super Bowl team. They look like all that their offseason, the players that they didn't sign, Von Miller, their, I believe their safety or their cornerback, Williams, who went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're looking like they're struggling now on defense. They allowed the Falcons to come back into the game. Matt Stafford, I just don't know what to make of him. I've never been a huge Stafford fan. It just looks like all he wants to do is throw to Cooper Cup, and that's not going to win you games. Teams are already starting to figure you out. I think this is just like the perfect Hollywood story for Jimmy G. He's going to come back. He's going to win the division for the 49ers. They're going to unseat the Rams for the division title. He's probably going to get them maybe not a number one seed, but it's not it's not out of the question that they won't get a number one seed. I think the Packers, they have problems. The Bucks, they're still going to struggle on offense. We don't know when Chris Godwin's coming at back. Julio Jones, I really think that they're going to struggle at times on offense. So who knows? I think the San Francisco 49ers could definitely, in my opinion, have a number one seed entering the playoffs. So I'm all over buying this. All right, next one, Robert. Tua will be named MVP of the league. What? I'm, I'm just going based on the chatter I'm hearing. What is happening here? Okay, what's my price? Because if it was, this is uh, it's not even fair. Like I'll give we... you how about five to one. Five to one. I am selling. Get out of here with that shit. Okay, no ten to one. Ten to one. Ten to one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, first of all, Michael Vailoa. He passed for more yards in the fourth quarter today than Mitch Trubisky has passed for in like either of his two full games this season. He. He, he just did wonders, and that comeback is something that Miami fans are going to remember probably forever. I know they're all saying, this is it. We got our quarterback. This is it. We're going to the Super Bowl. They got to pump the brakes on this kid. I get it. They looked fantastic. They won a game down more points than, like, anyone's ever come back from, like, in, like, ever. I, I saw a stat out there that was some insane, insane number where if you're down 21 plus in the fourth quarter, you basically lose. Well, Miami changed that, and now they're in the record book for that. Yeah, I'm 100% selling this one. I'm selling, yes. <laughs> Miami's going to come back to earth next week when they have to host the Buffalo Bills. There's no way that the Bills are going to get away with listening. That's why, side note, that's why I do like Tennessee to cover tonight. I think the Bills are looking ahead against the Dolphins next week. I think that the Bills will win, but I think Tennessee will cover that big point spread. It'll be, I think, a close, low score. Not close, but it'll be a low-scoring game. Tennessee will be within, you know, the 10-point spread from what I see. But I, I think that the Bills will go into Miami and just absolutely crush them. The Bills have a good track record against Miami. I think that they'll hear all week how Miami's going to put up the gonna put the bills up for a run for their money and while i do think miami's a contender they're no way near the bills level and i think two is going to struggle against that bills defense because hey listen say what you want the patriots they when they played the patriots they could only muster 20 points to get a patriots defense that was loaded with injuries they really took advantage of a ravens team that their secondary was just completely injured and in shambles so Again, I'm not even close on the two MVP. I wouldn't even I – I could already name off the top of my head 15 people I would pick above them. So <laughs> I'm selling that one too. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, next one, Robert, buy or sell. The Colts will have a different starting quarterback next season. Not only am I buying that one, how about I'm buying a new starting quarterback this season? Oh, wow, that's a hot take. <laughs> I just took a look and I see their depth chart. They actually have Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger. I think they. Well, I think we could see some Nick Foles action this yeah. year. Yeah. Ryan just completely just folds. It, it's. I mean, look. They they do. <laughs> so they lost to Jacksonville, right? Next game, Kansas City. They're going to lose that. They're going to host Tennessee. Uh, we'll, I guess let's wait to see what happens tonight. You know, they, that could be close. At Denver, they'll be a dog. Jacksonville, they'll be a small favorite. At Tennessee, they'll probably be a dog there. Look, if this doesn't 
fold the way it's supposed to, and we don't see, you know, if not shades, full, full mirror images of what happened in the first 10 games of last year, you know, they, they brought in Matt Ryan to win. Again, they brought him to win a Super Bowl. I get it. Injuries everywhere, but you still have people that you can throw to. You still have people that you practice with all preseason long. What happened yesterday? No good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that definitely Matt Ryan. I honestly don't. I think this is his last year as a starter, and his games, like you said, might be numbered as a starter. Robert, real quick, you mentioned Nick Foles. How do you think Carson Wentz would feel if after Nick Foles gets the Eagles to the quarter to the Super Bowl after he went down with an injury? They trade Carson Wentz. If Nick Foles comes and saves the Colts and they go to the playoffs, <laughs> the like is Carson Wentz just like wishing Nick Foles would disappear from the face? <laughs> He's actually he's probably gonna just want to go disappear back into like the great white north and just like hunt bison and like deer once all over again. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think we talked about Jimmy G is gonna be a free agent. I think he he would he Colts will probably be calling him up number one, trying to lure him away from the Niners. And if the Niners don't guarantee him a position, Jimmy G will walk. Baker Mayfield, let's see how he turns the season around, but he's going to be a free agent. They're going to want to go younger. Like I said, Matt Ryan is is well, well past his prime. If he's not the answer this year, he's not going to be the answer next year. So they will jump ship very quickly on him. And then we got time for one more. So this one I really like, and I was high on this team before. So you you know I'm obviously buying them. But Robert, buy yourself. The Lions will make the playoffs. Oh my God! <laughs> I told you I got some good ones. What is happening today with this episode? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, no, no, I'm selling, I'm selling. They're not making the playoffs. Detroit, by the way, they are a dead over team right now. Any total that gets put out, just play over like oh, yeah, a chance right now. The defense just looks so awful. I mean, they held Washington, I guess, in the first half. But then in the second half, they just conceded every play. It's just like, here, go ahead, pick up nine yards. Here's another first down. Go ahead. I mean, I guess Washington's defense has a perception much better than, you know, that of the numbers. Uh, you know, they had that goal line stand. It's just, there was a point where, like, the Lions, you know, were leading the commanders, like, 11 to nothing at first down, then, like, 250 to like 27 in yards, and then they just gave up everything in the second half. So this is great. You're 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 putting up points at will. St. Brown is catching everything that's getting thrown to him. They're doing well running the ball. It, it looks really dynamic, but man, you gotta start stopping some people. And right. this this just didn't show me I've not on it. Selling all. No. No playoffs. <laughs> I will buy them. I, I, I do think, <laughs> listen, they, they play the Vikings, which is going to be a hard game. They're definitely going to be underdogs this weekend. But, Robert, Vikings, they have to play on a short week because they play tonight, so they got to, you know, come back from Philly, and they got to play Sunday on an early time schedule. I think that the Lions will definitely beat the Seahawks the following week. I actually do think that they'll beat the Patriots. Patriots can't put any points on the board. The, like, their offense is that bad. And then they play the Cowboys again in Dallas, but Dak Prescott's not going to be back from this game. So there are wins ahead of them. They could be a sneaky pick from the wild card spot. I think that you you, you can eliminate the Panthers position. The Saints, the, this team looks like it's going to be a dumpster pile all year with James Winston just throwing rockets into other position players' hands. So I'm 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 a buyer. Um, I was for the Lions before the season. I'm going to stick with the Lions. And I know my brother, who's a big Lions fan, is probably going to love me for it. So I am buying the Lions. This is so jarring. How do, how do we end on this note? I can't even contain myself anymore. Oh, it's a fun episode. <laughs> so fun. But unfortunately, we are out of time for today. This was a great episode. Really enjoyed it. Robert and I will be back on Wednesday. We'll be previewing our picks for the week. I'm sure we will have a lot. So before we do go, Robert... One last time for tonight. Who are you taking in both games? Yeah, this this one's pairing up, you know, very very nicely. We've got the uh, four fifteen Titans at the Bills. Uh, Bills already uh, it's pretty steady, ten everywhere. Total forty seven and a half. Uh, I'd like to lean the dog there with Tennessee plus the ten. The later game, uh, Minnesota at Philly. 
This one's actually called to three for a quick hot second with Philadelphia. Uh, I think this game with the Eagles is a two and a half point favorite. The total now down to 49. I like this one to actually go over. I think that you're going to be able to see a lot of paths open up from a running perspective. I could probably see this game going over uh, more than grabbing the side here, Allie. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's an under in the Tennessee game. Like I said before, I think Tennessee does cover. Bills win. Bills have had a long, long layoff. I think it's been 11 games since they last played the Rams. So they might come out a little rusty, a little lethargic. And like I said, I think they're looking ahead to next week against Miami. Vikings and Eagles, I'm with you on the over. I think the Eagles defense is is worse than people thought, especially now that Barnett's out for the year. So I think the Vikings, I think Justin Jefferson's going to tear them up. I think he's going to have a big game. It is going to be a lot of points on both sides of the ball. And I'm going to stick with my Vikings pick. I think the Vikings win in an upset. I think Kirk Cousins, even though he's two and nine, I believe, overall in his career, straight up on Monday Night Football, I think he does have a nice game. I Like I said, I really like Kevin O'Connell as their head coach. So I'm going to go Vikings and over on that one. All righty. So we will conclude our episode, and we will see you guys next uh, – no, on Wednesday. Take care. Bye-bye.